want to say one thing before uh, Brother Edwards comes is that uh, I am thankful that the Lord sent him our way. He's an encourager. And I don't know about you folks, but we live in a world mm. that is that we are in spiritual battles all That's the right. time. And uh, we face a lot of discouragement from the enemy, don't we? Yeah. He's our adversary. That's what adversaries do. They oppose you. And they try to discourage you and try to hinder and hurt. And that's just the world. And not just the world, but one of our greatest enemies is our stinking flesh. Mm. He walks with us everywhere we go. Yep. Uh, and uh, and uh, he's always wanting his way. Well, I'm thankful we can have a Bible conference and a meeting like this where we can just get our hearts stirred. And get our toes stepped on. And just get our hearts tender to what God has to say. So, Brother Edwards, it is so good to have you. You come and preach God's Thank Word. You. And we're thankful. Appreciate Amen. it. Appreciate it, preacher. Glad to be here. I do count your pastor my friend. And uh, he he's an encourager. He encourages me. We talk, oh, every once in a while. And, um, you know, he'll ask me a question and I'll give him an answer. And he'll act like the answer's right. So that encourages me. <laughs> Amen. But I truly do. I, I, now, I, I do not say this everywhere I go, so don't think that I do. But I really do love this church. I love this area. love your preacher, and I love this congregation. I appreciate the Bachmans letting me stay there. They made my day. I, I don't know about you, but I love, I'm not sanctified, and I love coffee. And uh, I thought, man, I, I hope there's access to coffee at the Bachmans' house. And the first thing they said, we're, we're going to put a coffee pot down in your room. So I'm staying for about three weeks now. I got coffee, and uh, they'll never get rid of me. But I sure appreciate their hospitality, their sweetness. This is the second time I've been able to stay with them and have truly enjoyed it. Now, what we're going to do this weekend maybe is a little different than what we normally do. Uh, not Really not preaching revival messages, but what we want to do is... Just lift up the Lord and talk about who the Lord is and what He is in our lives. Now, to be honest with you, the messages that I'm going to preach are going to have a doctrinal uh, direction to them, but I'm an incredibly practical guy. And so I want to know what the doctrine of God means for our lives, and I'll try to communicate that. But my intention, if the Lord gives permission is to preach tonight on our Heavenly Father and the role that He plays in our lives in some certain ways. I'll do the same tomorrow night. I believe for my Sunday school lesson, a preacher's given me the opportunity to preach Sunday school, I want to preach a, a teach a lesson that I really think is important on how we hear God's Word. And then we're going to lift the sun up on Sunday morning. The Lord Jesus Christ is eternal God. Amen. And then... On Sunday night, what is it to experience the Holy Spirit? You ever think about that? I know you do. But what is it to experience, biblically, to experience the Holy Spirit? So by the end of the weekend, I hope that you've learned something and that not only learned something. You know, you know what we're good at? We're good at learning, 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 learning. You know what we're less good at? Applying, 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 applying. And my, my prayer and my hope is, is that we learn something, but also purpose in our hearts to apply what we've learned and then let it change us and then let us uh, be a blessing through that way in the lives of others. So with all that being said, turn with me. And by the way, don't forget that dessert afterwards. 
However, the guest always goes first. I understand there's limited apple pie, so the guest always... I'm kidding. All right. Psalm 31, please. Psalm 31. And for our text, we're going to read verses 14, 15, and 16, though we'll look at some other verses as well. Psalm 31. Let's begin in verse 14. But I trusted in Thee, O Lord... I said, Thou art my God. Notice this phrase. My times are in Thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make Thy face to shine upon Thy servant and save me for Thy mercy's sake. Let's pray. Father, I am so grateful for the opportunity to be here. I am I am grateful for Pastor's vision for this meeting. And I pray that, indeed, Holy Spirit, you would help us to have this to be a very profitable week, weekend in our spiritual walk. Lord, I, I don't want it to just be a series of meetings where we check the box and say we were there. Holy Spirit, would you take your word And would you truly minister that word to our hearts? This is a spiritually discerned book. We need you to show it to us. And Lord, we need you to convict us and then encourage us that we can change and that we can trust your word. So speak to us and help us this weekend, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I notice right away in verse 14 that David says, and David is the author of this psalm, he says, but I trusted in Thee, O Lord. And the first question I ask is, why was David saying in that way, but it's almost as if I could have been in despair, or I could have gone another way, but I trusted in Thee, O Lord. And why is it that David is saying, that he had to trust the Lord in this way. Oh, I want you to notice the answer is in verse 9. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Now, I want you to understand when David says he's in trouble, it's, it's not a simple thing. It's, it's not a momentary thing. The word trouble indicates that he is really in a stressful situation, a pressing situation. I mean, it is a bad situation, maybe even as bad as life and death. Look how he describes it in verse 10. For my life is spent with grief, my years with sighing, my strength faileth. It's not just a trip to the principal's office. It's not just a a little bit of an issue for a day. David is facing something in his life when he calls out to the Lord, and his strength is failing. He doesn't know how much longer he can hold on. And the truth is, he is being driven to the Lord and saying, but I trusted the Lord. I trusted in the Lord. One of the realities of our lives in this world is that we experience seasons of real stress. 
I don't know if you've noticed it in our world, but I've taken note of it. We are surrounded by problems. We have social unrest in ways that I've never seen in my lifetime. I've lived a few years. And I'm just going to tell you, I've never seen it quite like this in our culture. Our, our society is changed and different in ways that we're in trouble. I've lived a few years. I've never seen our political climate as divided and as dangerous as it is at this moment. I've never lived through the economic uncertainty. Now, there have certainly been depressions, repressions. There has been inflation. There have been high interest rates. Don't, don't hear me say that it, it's never been bad. But I'm telling you, this is not good. We're in a really difficult time. We have pandemics. I don't know when the next pandemic's coming, but I can almost guarantee you one's around the corner. We have wars everywhere, everywhere. Wars that we didn't fight and wars that we didn't have before. They're not in the places you would have expected them to be. They're everywhere. Are you feeling encouraged yet? Not only do we have all of that in our world, you know that each of us face our own pressures, our own stresses in our own lives. We have our own issues. We have issues in our homes and in our families, and we have issues at our jobs. And and I'm just saying to you that it would be fairly easy for anyone in this room to say like David, I am in trouble. It is a stressful time. I I feel pressured every way that I turn. Somebody said to me one time, Preacher, it just seems like times in life, everything is just as hard as it can be. You ever felt that way? I've certainly felt that way. And you say, when does this let up? When does this let off? Now, I don't say that we're the first generation that has ever faced pressure and stress and difficulty. Certainly in David's life, he faced some things that you and I don't face. Uh, I, I, as a young man, I've never killed a lion. I've never killed a bear. And I certainly have never marched down into the Valley of Elah with a slingshot and faced a man with a hundred pound sword, sword and shield and killed Goliath, but David did. In David's life as a young king, uh, Saul was determined to kill him and chased and hounded him uh, all the days of his early manhood. He, he never got to really enjoy being a young married man. He never got to enjoy being an important general in the army every day of his life. It was as hard as it could be after he was anointed king and Saul became jealous. After he became king... He had a kingdom to manage. And you know how easy people are to get along with. Yeah, everybody smiled. Everybody that's ever had to deal with people in a, in a, in a setting uh, like that, a volunteer setting, whatever it is, people can be difficult. And certainly managing a kingdom with all the jealousies that were in that kingdom. I'm sure there were days that David said, man, it, it just seems like everything is as hard as it can be. Not only that, David had a difficult family situation. 
And I understand a lot of it was his own making. But can I just say outright to this crowd tonight, get over yourself because a lot of your stress is self-made too. We do it to ourselves. The truth is he had two sons that rebelled against him and he had uh, all kinds of problems with his children and all kinds of problems with his kingdom and all kinds of problems in ascending to the crown and all kinds of problem in setting everything up and doing all he had. And, and I can just understand, I don't know exactly what the situation was in David's life in Psalm 31. I could make some suggestions, but I don't know them, so I won't. But I do know this, it was a serious enough time when he said, I, I, I just don't know if I'm going to make it through. My strength is failing. And I sigh all the time. I lay down to sleep, and instead of sleep, I toss and turn. And I'm grieved in my heart. I have grief all the time. And, and I really believe David was close to despair until he made this realization. I have to trust in the Lord. Because my life is in God's hands. Now, that's what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes tonight. My times, your times, in God's hands. Notice with me, first of all, my times. That's an important word, and we'll talk more about it in just a moment. The word times. It's a word that indicates seasons or changeableness. We'll find out it's the very same word that Daniel is going to use, and it'll illustrate a great deal to us. But I want you to understand something tonight and get a hold of this. Our lives are lived out in seasons because God's world is set up in seasons. God's world, the way he created it, well, the way it is now that is cursed, It is always moving and changing. It's not always daylight. It's daylight that gives way to night, and then night gives way to daylight. Have you noticed that? It's not always winter, thank the Lord. It becomes spring, and spring yields to summer, and summer is when we go fish, and summer yields to fall, and fall is when we say, ooh, isn't it beautiful? And fall yields to winter, and winter is when we say, when will spring get here? I'm not trying to be silly. I'm trying to show you something because God did that on purpose. God instituted seasons for His creation. God instituted seasons for the earth, day and night. And God instituted seasons for your life and for my life. Think about how our lives are lived in seasons. I don't know about you, but I was born. Were you born? Yeah, I was born into infancy. And man, was I a beautiful baby. And my mother and my father took care of me and they provided everything for me. I could not have existed an hour had there not been parents in my life that took care of me as an infant. But that was only a season. Because that season gave way to me being a toddler. And I was a perfect toddler. I, I was a toddler, and I'm sure 
in the terrible twos, I drove my mother crazy. She told me I did. But that season ended, and I became a junior. And as a junior, I was off to class and learning things. And, boy, it was an exciting time. But that season passed, and I became a a young junior teen. And that season passed, and I became a teenager and knew more than my parents all through that season. And that season passed, and I became a young married man enjoying life with my young wife. And that season passed, and we became parents of young children. And, oh man, what a joy it was to raise our children and serve the Lord with our children. But that season passed, and they left us. But... They gave us grandchildren, and so we're in that season now, the empty nest season. Hey, you know where I'm at? I'm all the way back to senior citizen, and the next step is back to infancy. Think about it. What are you saying, preacher? Are you just saying stuff? I'm saying we live in seasons. Life keeps moving. It's always moving. And the truth is, I don't know what next day holds. I I can't boast myself of tomorrow because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Here's the truth. When the sun goes uh, down, I don't know if I'm going to be here when the sun comes up. When winter is in full force, I don't know what my condition will be when the spring comes. I never know what tomorrow holds. This I know. It just keeps moving. It just keeps changing. I don't mean to be morose, but here's a great truth for all of us to get a hold of. We were born to die. And every day that we live, we are progressing to that end. And our situation changes, and our intellect changes, and our body changes. It's always changing. One day, David was sitting on a hillside tending sheep and singing to himself. The next moment, he was called to the house and stood before the great prophet Samuel, and he was anointed king. One moment, he was a hero with his foot on Goliath's chest. Next, he was dodging a spear thrown at him by Saul. One day, he was a king and in his palace, and the next moment he's escaping over Brook Kidron because his own son is leading an army against him. I'm saying we simply do not know what the next day holds, much less a year from now or a decade from now. We live in an unknown future. One of my favorite things to do as a pastor was to go to the hospital when one of our young couples would give birth to a baby. My favorite was when it was their first one. And man, they're so happy, and I was happy for them. And I, I, I mean it. I enjoyed those visits. That's, that's a wonderful time in life when that child comes into a home. But there was always a pessimistic. I'm a Baptist preacher, so I'm always negative about everything. And I went into a room one day, and the little mother with the firstborn was over there in a rocking chair wrapped up in a blue bank blanket with the baby. And I was talking to the husband. He was a Marine. And we were talking about important stuff like guns or something. And 
I overheard this little mother saying, I don't ever want this moment to change. I just always want you to be my little baby in my arms. And, of course, the Baptist preacher in me, you know. I wanted to lean over and say, well, sister, they ain't staying like that. They're going to grow up and give you grief and leave you someday. I didn't do that. But I want to tell you, that's the world we live in. And that's the life we lead. And though we may be perfectly content today, and we may be on the mountain of victory today, we don't know that but an hour from now, our fortunes will change. Our life will be turned over because life is always moving. The world is always turning and it is always progressing. And this season of ease and comfort might be in a day a season of real trial and pain and hurt. And that's why I say to you, preacher, are you trying to discourage us? No. I'm trying to get you to understand the importance of what David was saying in verse 15. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that my seasons of life are held in my God's hands. I want you to think about what that means. David's times may have been unstable and changing and stressful, but David's God was stable and unchanging. Look at verse 2. This is how he sees his God. He is, notice he says, my strong rock, my house of defense. Verse 3, thou art my rock and my fortress. Life may be always churning and moving, but there is stability in the believer's life. There is a rock upon which we can stand. There is ground that doesn't move. We can stand on the Lord. One of the attributes of God that we ought to so appreciate is that our God is immutable. That's a theological word. But the word immutable simply says God never changes. Oh, we rejoice that God is omniscient. God knows everything. God knows everything about me. That's startling, and we'll consider that this week. We rejoice that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere we are, and we are never out of His sight and never out of His care. We rejoice that God is omnipotent, that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. And what He could do 2,000 years ago, He can do still in our lives today and in our ministries today. And we think of those, but one of the greatest blessings that you and I possess is that God never changes. That God is the same today as He was yesterday, and He will be that forever. His Word endures forever. His mercy endures forever. God is exactly what He said He was. God is going to do exactly what He said He would do. And God will care for us in exactly the way He said He would care for us. Let me add two thoughts to that. Not only is God immutable, 
But God is a sovereign God. Ooh. Now, us Baptists, we're a little bit afraid of that word sovereign. Don't be afraid of that word sovereign. Rejoice that God is sovereign. He is the ultimate power. He is supreme. I said a moment ago, when David used that word in verse 15, my times. It's a word that indicates seasons. Listen to how Daniel, don't turn there for the sake of time, but listen to how Daniel uses that word in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His, and He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Hey, God has a plan. And right now, in the chaos of our culture, in the absolute weirdness of our times, God is in control. We may not like everything that is taking place, and we may be fearful of some of the things that are taking place. And man may think that he is directing the direction that things are going on this earth. But he is a fool. He's a fool because he has denied that there is a God. And in truth, it is God who is allowing, who is restraining, who is moving all things according to His plan. In 2024, we are not where a political party brought us. We are where God allowed us to come to. You remember when God allowed Israel to come down to the shores of the Red Sea? Now listen to me. Was that a mistake? Was it a mistake that they came down to the Red Sea? Because there were certainly men who accused Moses of blowing it. You brought us here to die. Hey, God brought them to the edge of the Red Sea and knew they couldn't cross it. It was His plan. The pillar of fire and pillar of cloud led them right to that place because God is sovereign. And God in His will said, Moses, lift that rod up. And He lifted that rod up and that sea parted. And a wind blew across it and it was dry ground. And millions of Israelites and their cattle and their herds walked across on dry ground. And the Egyptian army was drowned in the same Red Sea. Because God is sovereign. God doesn't make mistakes. We, not, we may not be comfortable with where God has us, but God is in control. Because God is sovereign. And by the way, the miracle-working God that took Israel across a sea, and by the way, it wasn't the Reed Sea, it was the Red Sea, it was a deep sea, it was a wide sea, it was a real sea. And the same God who did that then can work in similar ways now. God is not bound. God is not dead. 
God is not weak. God is not sleeping. God is working His plan. By the way, there ain't no mother nature. There is a creator God. And anytime God wants to suspend the laws of nature, anytime God wants to bend the laws of nature, He made them. He can break them. And God can do miraculous things. Preacher, do you think we're beyond the place of revival? Do you think we're beyond the place of reversal? Not if God decides to allow it. God can do anything. And by the way, I'm going to live trusting Him. Now, just as God has a plan for the ages and a plan for the nations and a plan for our world, God has a plan for you. I love that. God knows my name. God knows that right now I am at Crooked Creek Baptist Church. By the way, God knows you're here too. And by the way, God brought us here on purpose. Because He wanted to communicate something to us. And here's what He wanted to communicate to you. Hey, I know the seasons of life are ever-changing. I know you don't know what tomorrow holds. I know you don't know if the inflation is going to go up or down. I know you don't know what the economy is going to do. I know you don't know whether there's going to be another pandemic. I know you don't know whether you're going to be sick tomorrow or well tomorrow. I know you don't know whether you'll lose your job today or not. But I do! And I have you right I know where I'm taking you. And where I'm taking you is a perfect and wonderful place. It's a good place for you. And I know how to get you there. And my sovereign hand holds you. Hey, let me me share this with you. Not only is God sovereign, God is personal. God knows us. God is not only transcendent, He is imminent. Here we're in that theology stuff, all right? God is big enough to stand over the earth. God is imminent enough and small enough to hold my hand, to live in my heart, to know my hurts, to know when I'm afraid, to know when I don't know what to do. And God is big enough, little enough, powerful enough, and loving enough to reside within me and show me exactly the way I should go. I love how David said it in verse 14. Thou art my God. Is God your God? Oh, He's the God of everybody. I know He is, but but there's also a personal nature to it. Is He your God? When did He become your God? For me, it was February of 1975. Someone had convinced me from the Scripture that I was a sinner, convinced me from the Scripture that only through Jesus Christ could I be saved. And I fell down on my knees and, and, and prayed a prayer and asked Jesus to be my Savior on the basis of He was my only hope. I got saved. He is my God. Is He your God? Okay, preacher, you've talked long enough. Here's, what's the point? Here's the point. If God is sovereign, and He's going to move me in the direction He wants to move me, 
and all of it's going to work out the way he wants it to work out, what am I doing here? I mean, I'm, he's just going to move me wherever he wants me to go. He's just going to make it happen, whatever it happens. And, and here's the great lesson tonight. Give me five minutes and I'm done. David said, but I trusted thee. In all this chaos, in all this of our not knowing, God is sovereign, God is imminent, personal, but it's our responsibility to trust him in all the seasons. You see, when I trust God in a stressful situation, he doesn't always or even normally remove the source of the stress. Sometimes he just gives me stability in the crisis. Hey, there are times when Jesus is riding in the boat with you and the waves and the wind are billowing and blowing and you cry out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he gets up, might rebuke you a little bit for your weak faith, but there from the ship he just calms the waves and makes it okay. Isn't that wonderful when God just makes it okay? But ask the Apostle Paul, because there's a lot of times when God just says, trust me. He was in a boat when Eurycliden was blowing. I mean, Eurycliden was a, a hurricane force storm. And you know what? They called out to God and called out to God and asked God to save them from the storm. And God didn't. God sunk them. But God also brought them forward along. Right? To the Apostle Paul. I don't think the Apostle Paul took swim lessons at the Y, do you? I don't think he could have swum to shore. Providentially, a sovereign God brought a board by. And that old man grabbed a hold of the board and made it to the beach and was cold when he got there, started a fire, and the stinking snake came out and bit him, and God said, nope, not killing him. And when he should have puffed up, he didn't puff up because God is able. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Man, he wanted rid of that thorn in the flesh. Talk about a changeable life. He had traveled where he wanted. He was such a man of strength. Not great of stature, but great of strength and great in authority. And then God gave him that thorn in the flesh. And it was, it was such a thorn and it was such a hindrance. And he wanted rid of that thing. He wanted how it used to be and how he wanted it to be. He wanted rid of it. And he prayed three times. The apostle prayed three times. God said, no. I want you to keep that thorn. Paul finally came to the place where he understood that that thorn was the source of his strength. Because he trusted God in the most difficult situation he had faced. You say, preacher, what is your point? That in this changing life where everything seems to be deteriorating, where everything is as hard as it can be, we have a sovereign God who is moving all of this earth to where He wants it to be. We have a sovereign God who knows us personally, knows where He is taking us and how He can get us there. And we will go through seasons of ease and comfort and joy, but I'm telling you, we will go through seasons of difficulty and stress and trouble where it's as hard as it can be and we'll feel like our strength is going to fail. And in that moment, our sole responsibility is to trust God and refuse to despair and refuse to be angry and refuse to turn back, but to trust 
God and then be able like David to say, He saved me. He delivered me from it. He got me through it. He gave me strength in the midst of it so that we can have a testimony to a lost world that needs to know God is real. God is real. Here's my conclusion. Let me make two observations. Number one, the time to prepare for trouble is before you're in it. Sometimes we get in a comfortable season, and you know what we do? We forget how desperately we need God. I'm speaking to you from experience. Sometimes when it's all going so well and so easy, when there's no illness, when there's no problem, boy, when everything's just clicking, sometimes we... It's, it's not that we don't love the Lord. It's not even that we skip church. It's not even that we fall away. It's that we start thinking it's us. And we forget how quickly a season can change. We forget how desperately, even on the good day, we need to fall on our face before the Lord and thank Him for His enduring mercy and His perpetual grace for His love and His concern for our lives. Listen, it's easy, church, for people, especially in affluent places like we live in America and in this place, how easy it is to reserve God for the difficult times, but not so much for the good times. Forgetting that we're in a season that could change in a Remember, it doesn't stay like this. It's always moving. Here's my second thought in conclusion. Would you please remember that what overwhelms us never overwhelms God? David thought it was all over. David thought this is as bad as it can get. This is never going to be good. This is always going to be bad. It's never, I'm never going to smile again. There's never going to be joy again. But then he trusted the Lord. And oh, the Lord saved me. (laughs) The Lord delivered me. Spring came. I used to hunt. I I don't hunt much anymore because I've grown up and realized it's cold out there. And I can remember sitting there at about 4.35 in the morning, man, 10, 15 degrees. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and here's my thought. Here's my internal thought. You are a moron. What are you doing here? I'm cold. And all I want is that sun to hit my face. All I want is for that sun to come up and just to warm me a little bit. And you know when that sun comes up? Not when I call it, but when God calls it. But God always calls it. And it always comes up. And before you get too happy in the season of the sun, remember a season of when it goes down right around the corner because in those seasons listen to me a sovereign God is teaching us to trust Him. In the few occasions when my children were little when we would 
go on a vacation. Every once in a while, we would take them to the beach. I always wanted to. I'm fascinated by the ocean. I love the mountains. Love the ocean. And I would just want them to see the awesomeness of the ocean, to know how little they were in perspective to God's creation. And with each of my children, I would take them and I would hold them. Maybe they're three years old, three or four, and two or three. And, and I would begin to walk into the water, and they thought, it was the, they thought it was just great. When Daddy would walk into the water, and they were fascinated by it, and, you know, the water would hit my ankles, and then I'd go, and the water would hit my knees, and then the water would hit my thighs, and about the time it would hit my thighs, it would begin to hit their feet. Two things would happen. All of a sudden, what they thought was wonderful was now cold, and my wife was on the shore yelling, not one step further. But I would continue. And I noticed a real phenomenon in each of my children, all three. When the water was hitting their legs, they would hold me tighter. When the water got up to their chest, there was a moment when they pushed away. You know why? They wanted to take their life in their own hands. They wanted to get themselves back to shore. In a moment of fear, in a moment of panic, they didn't want to trust me anymore. They wanted to fix it themselves. Boy, that's always our temptation. David said, no, this is a difficult season that's upon me. But in this difficult season where I'm grieving, where I'm sighing, where sometimes I feel like my strength is just going to give out, I'm going to trust you, Lord. And the amazing thing about it is, his next testimony is, and the Lord saved me. Not salvation, but delivered him from that season in life. Trust the sovereign God who knows you because your ever-changing seasons are in God's almighty hand. And he knows where you are and where he's taking you and exactly how to get you there. And sometimes he lets the wind blow. Isn't God good? Would you pray with me? Father, we want to understand who you are tonight and what you are in our life. And we rejoice that you are a sovereign God, yet personal. And Lord, thank you for rebuking me in those times when I have thought it was of my strength, of my wisdom, of my skill. Because every day in the seasons of joy and light, I need you as much as I need you in the seasons of difficulty and darkness. And help me to remember that. And I'm sure there may be folks in this room tonight who are in great seasons of joy. And they're just not as careful to give you the glory. They're just not as careful to seek your face. And what we forget is that in a minute it can change. Mm. Lord, 
there may also be those who are in really difficult times. They sigh. They've been griefed. Sometimes they wonder, can they go on in it? Can they keep going? Maybe it'd be better to quit. Lord, would they turn to you and trust you? And understand that this season in life is not to defeat them, but to bring them to an even greater victory. You will deliver them. And as the season of light may change, so will the season of stress. And may we give you the glory and may we trust you in the midst of it. So, Father, whatever the need is, there may be one here tonight that isn't saved. We'd love to take a Bible and show them how they can be. But, Lord, may we trust you as a sovereign, transcendent, personal, imminent God who holds our seasons in your hand and to walk with you through them. Touch our hearts and help us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you quietly stand to your feet?